Alright, well welcome to the Toonsmates inaugural, I guess, is that even correct? I guess it's the uh, first podcast we've ever done. We've had our blog up for 10 years now. Almost 10 years. Yeah, that's amazing. So, I mean, our our goal is to talk about music. We always blog individually, but we never get a chance to talk about what we're we're blogging together. Yeah, little... This is our chance. So kind of bring everything together. You know, I always think of tunes made as uh, a discussion, right? It's it's about how we talk about music, how we love music, what, right. uh, what music means to us. And so this is, like you said, we've, we kind of do it individually. This is our chance to bring it, bring it, bring it forward into a new discussion. Yeah, and it was fun. You know, I was talking about this the other day, but I was reading this book called "Playing Back the '80s," and the author, I believe, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna try. I hope I'm not butchering it, but I believe it's Jim Baviglia, and he's got, you know, songs that he thinks without these songs, there would be no way the 1980s would be there. And and I know we we're we we're talking offline before we even did this about the songs and. And I was going through the list. I mean, there are songs in here where, you know, like the first song he has is Cars by Gary Newman. You know, sure. I mean, it it has a, I mean, that synth riff, as soon as you hear it, you know, you you know that that's the song. And I know it inspired a lot of other, you know, synth pop songs. But, I mean, just going through this list, and I I think I, I sent you, you know, some of the songs that were on there. Right. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about yeah. it since we talked about it, and I, I started thinking it because this is a, this is a similar to a project I started working on twenty years ago, and I've been kind of rethinking that. And I, mm-hmm. I think about it by artist, right? So, you know, if I had to, you know, if I, I look at like the top song, you know, there are some great artists who might not even have one song that defines them. But then I think about like, you know, like Michael Jackson, if I had to pick one song, right. Right. I mean, there's probably five that could make it. I I can think of four off the top of my head that I can make a case for beat it, Billie Jean Mm -hmm. thriller. And, um, and, um, not off the wall, but, um, um, can't stop. No, not not. Don't stop till you get enough. Don't you stop. Know, uh, rock with you. Rock with you. Right. Rock with you. Those are yeah. all. Those are all from the eighties. I don't think there's anything off a of bad. Maybe Man in the Mirror. That you know, and and I think I I think in the end it would come down between Billie Jean and Beat It as like his representation on there. Maybe he'd be the only artist that gets two songs, and Beat It. You know, Beat It's important because of the rock riff, but I think the 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 bass drive in Billie Jean just defines michael jackson in the 80s you know and yeah and so i was kind of tying it to stuff we've had on Toonsmate. and so our, our other writer uh, jose diaz his uh, saturday morning single this past week was uh, raspberry beret from prince and i was thinking you know what's like the song from prince if you had to pick one right i know my favorite my favorite prince song is uh I could never take you the place of your man. I like the feel of that, but that's not, I would, I would never argue that that's like right. his signature song in the eighties, you know, uh, you know, stuff like little red Corvette, uh, obviously his biggest hit was when doves cry, but there's a real case that raspberry beret is his, 
his best song. You know, the, it, it, it spins it spins a story for you. It's got some of the greatest lines. I mean, I love the line about, you know, uh, doing something close to nothing but different from the day before. You know, it, you know, so we, we think about like you know, we do a lot on the site about um, the kind of remembering music and um, thinking about uh, the, the good music that people have. And, and when I think about Raspberry Beret, I think, you know, there's a real argument there that that's that's the song from Prince. Yeah, well, it's it's funny, you know. We've we're talking about Prince, we're talking about Michael Jackson, and you know, I, I'm just as you're you know talking about it, it makes me go all the way back to the first blog post or the first kind right. of how Tunes Made started, and it it was right after the death of Michael Jackson, which was right. almost ten years ago. And it's amazing, like how fast that's gone. I mean, yeah. it was, it was yeah. ten years ago when the that Michael Jackson's been dead for ten years next month, right? Yeah, that, that's that's just that boggles the mind, right? Yeah, it does, and it's funny because you know, right after that, I believe this is it. The documentary came out, mm-hmm. and and I've actually asked some folks recently, "Hey, did you ever see it?" And a lot of people you know, haven't even seen it or don't even remember it. But to me, when that happened, that spawned, hey, we should, we should start actually writing about music because there's so many artists that pass away every day and you know we don't realize how much they've impacted our lives. And then you start going down the list of, oh, Michael Jackson, you know, Prince, and you start thinking about it. And I think what I find interesting about that is and I think this says a lot on Tunes Made is when you say the song or it comes up, you remember where you were right. <laughs> when you heard right. some of these songs. And I think a lot of times when, when I see them up there or, or when we're, we're posting them, I'm thinking about that. And right. I don't know how that works these days. I don't know if that's, that's gone, that's slipped away, if that's something that's just part of the generation that we grew up in or if that is something that's universal. But... I know it definitely is something that I am constantly thinking about when I when I see a song like I just today I, I saw posted up there you've got Mr. Belvedere yeah yeah <laughs> yeah Leon Redbone passed away today you know and you know a lot of folks I mean I only know I I know Leon Redbone's music like peripherally you know I'm not me too uh, you know a big fan but I know about him I remember learning about him as a kid you know he takes like these old Tin Pan Alley songs. Mm-hmm. And he'd make appearances in commercials and on Saturday Night Live and stuff. And, and he was always he, he was as much a comedy act as he was a music act. You know, it was all this talk about spinning stories, right? He was he'd make yeah. up the story that he wrote these songs that obviously he couldn't have written because they were they came out before he was born. But for <laughs> for folks like you and me who grew up in the eighties, right? That the I mean, to me, the 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 thing that that comes to the top of the of the cup is the the Mr. Belvedere theme song. He sang it. You know, that's the memory that's, you know, and that, yeah, that to me, that's what, what tunes mates about. I do the same thing. Um, you know, we got the birthday of the week that I do up there and you know, this past week <laughs> yeah. it was Gladys Knight, you know, and you think about, oh yeah, uh, you know, love overboard was the song from the late eighties that I remember when I was really getting into the music charts and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. but the song that, that, that really sticks out to me there. And again, it's some of the, the writing, some of the lyrics is, um, 
uh, Midnight Train to Georgia. You know, the idea that, you know, I'd rather yeah. live in his world than live without him in mine. So I'm going to take this train to Georgia and follow this guy, you know, and, and the idea that that, that speaks of a, a sentiment that people, male, female, you know, in relationships, you can feel you love some, you, you love somebody, you want them so bad, you're you're willing to completely change your whole life over this, you know, and and I always thought that the feel of that song just just captured that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely is. I think, in in my opinion, you know, the song that that stands out, you know, from her career. And I think recently, uh, I don't know if we featured this here, um, and I'm trying to jar my memory, but I'm pretty sure she sang the national anthem for she did the Super, Bowl. The Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah. Which I thought, you know, it yep. from that was just amazing that she actually got up there and at, at uh, you know everything that she's done that she was able to you know knock it out of the park. Not to make a bad baseball analogy with uh, with football, <laughs> but football, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> all right, all good. Yeah, but it is it Stop is interesting. Um, but you know, that, that is interesting and, you know, and that, that tells you about, you know, one of the things that I really thought about in the 10 years of doing tunes mate and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on next month will mark five years of daily eighties flashbacks, That's you know, amazing. daily eighties flash, every day, flashback every day for five years and, and in a couple of weeks, we're going to hit the five year mark. Uh -huh. And as I do those, it's been making me think about the significance cause, cause those I tend to, I tend to tie to chart dates. So, you know, on this day back in 1982, <laughs> you know, whatever. And that's what I know, right? Right, yeah. And one of the things that's made me kind of realize is that one of the things that the charts do for us is that they provide us uh, what's called public memory. They, they provide us with a, a touch tone for memory. So you know, it doesn't matter hmm. necessarily what was number one or number two or number three. I mean, it matters a little bit. But, you know, there are great songs that only went to number two or number three. But the point the point is that it was on the chart at that time and it marks then our memory for us. So we remember, oh, yeah, that was 1982 at this time. And I remember what I was doing in my life. And so, for instance, yeah, uh, the other day was the uh, 35th anniversary of when Let's Hear It for the Boy. Oh, yeah. You know, you think about Footloose, you think about one of the classic. I mean, if I was mm -hmm. making that that list, like the book you were talking about. Uh, Kenny Loggins' Footloose would be on my list. There, to, in mm -hmm. my mind, there's no doubt that's one of the definitive songs of the '80s, and and um, and even of Kenny Loggins. I mean, he's got, you know, he was the the soundtrack master of the '80s with "I'm All Right" and "Danger Zone" and uh, um, uh, "From Over the Top." Um, um, yeah, I can't think of the song, but you know. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, all I can think of is the Sammy Hagar one, uh, the uh, uh, the winner takes it all. Takes but it all. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, uh, meet me halfway. Meet right? me halfway. Or, or, but, you know, Nobody's fool. I think that was the yeah, yeah, from Caddyshack from 2, two, one of my and, favorites of all time, right? Oh, I love that song too. I absolutely <laughs> love that song. But Footloose to me is the one that sort of defines it, you know, and it, right. the feel of it, and the, and the fact that they, you know, they remade the movie a number of years ago, right. and it's just well, it's yeah, just the movie that that carries along. And so, of course, let's hear it for the boy is another big part of that. It, you bring up a good point, though. I mean, as we're talking, you know, the songs that are in the book that I was referencing, you know, the key here is, you know, without these songs, you know, the, the decade would have been different. And, you know, I think there are some songs that are on the list that do fit that, you know, I think we talked about the fact that, you know, every breath you take by the police is yeah. on there, yeah. but yeah. 
definitely you need Kenny Loggins. And we talked about, you know, Jump by Van Halen can be on there. I mean, these are songs that not only, you know, without it, it would have been different, but went on and influenced many other things. You know, many copycats, many others that said, oh, I love that sound. And now I'm going to... That's going to be in my song, and and what was interesting is I I this is an entry that I posted a long time ago. The site's called Who Sampled Who, but mm-hmm. if you go to that site, you know, you could type in anything. I don't know whatever it is, uh, you know Fleetwood Mac or whatever artist you're thinking of. One of the top sampled artists of all times by I believe most hip hop rap artists is Billy Squire. You know he's got a song called Big Beat, and like Jay Z has sampled them and other things. But it is funny, like how you you could just go there, and even some of the songs we're talking about are sampled a lot, and and that that has an impact on the music we listen to. However, you want to you want to ignore it or not, right. <laughs> it is an important uh, tribute. Right. Well, and it's it should, you know and the other thing you learn as you do this stuff is who remade who, right? So oh yeah, you know, I'd never really heard uh, Rod Stewart's remake of How Long from Ace. And then I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm looking into it and I'm writing about it last week and here's Rod Stewart doing how long. And I, you know, like, wow, you know, he, you know, literally five years after the song was out, I'm going to remake that and, and try to make a hit of it. Or, um, or even, uh, Julio Iglesias and Willie Nelson getting together, you know, to all the girls <laughs> yeah. I loved before, you know, and that, and that was thir- that was 35 years ago. You know, or the other one, you know, so uh, Patty LaBelle turned 75 a couple weeks ago and everybody knows if you ask me to from Celine Dion in the 1990s, mm-hmm. but I was working radio. I was working adult contemporary radio in the spring of 1989 when Patty LaBelle's original version of that song came out. And so to me, I always remember the Patty LaBelle version and it's the song on my own is the song you remember, but, right. uh, but that's the song that I, that I, like the most by Patti LaBelle. That's the one that, you know, has the, the fondest memory of, to me is sitting at Sunday morning in this radio studio playing adult contemporary <laughs> hits on reel to reel. And there is, if you ask me to, you know, a, a song written by Diane Warren, who we know has had a long and illustrious oh, yeah. writing for everybody. Right. And, and here's Patti LaBelle with this, uh, this version of this that eventually Celine Dion then m- makes into an even bigger hit. And, and, you know, you bring up something that's fascinating and I think we touched upon this a lot, not only on the, you know, Tuesday blog, but just personally, is the fact that every generation has their blank, you know, boy band, you know, right. version of a song. Uh, it's it's amazing how like right now we're you know boy bands are back and you know you've, you've they're 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 you know they're they're flourishing more than ever before. But it's always you know a generation's version of. Right something right. like for example i know you wrote about this a while ago i believe one of the uh another monkey uh, had passed away yeah peter torque passed peter torque and you know i was looking at you know some of the songs that they had written you know you've got yeah. you know i'm a believer which was written originally by yours our friend neil diamond <laughs> and uh but it's it's funny how you know they went off and did their version it's a great version but then right. but really the version everyone knows is from shrek you know, yeah. the, you know, with, uh, Crash mouth. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the one, but yep. it's, yep. it is funny how, you know, for a while there, you know, you had Neil, then you had, you know, the monkeys that was pretty stable for a while. Now moving on to, you know, smash mouth. Who knows? I mean, 
you know, they, we did four Shrek movies. Another interesting one. Another interesting one. So last week uh, marked 25 years since All for One hit number one with I Swear. That's amazing. I mean, the big song of the summer in 1994. It spent 11 weeks at the top of the chart. But it's, oh, a, it's a remake of uh, John Michael Montgomery, right? Uh, you know, or a, a version that John Michael Montgomery also took. Oh, yeah. The and, you know, and they that's. You know, that's what All for One did. They took, mm-hmm. the, you know, and we see that that kind of crossover of country and and pop, you know, again, the, you know, the Willie Nelson, Julio Iglesias thing shows it. The other one's interesting to me. Um, this post about this the other day, Rodney Crowell. Um, country artist. Grammy with After All This Time. And it, it's, you know, he's fascinated. That album, uh, um, Diamonds and Dirt from 1988, 89. Uh, it, it was his his signature album. He had five number one hits on the country chart with it. He didn't hmm. hit number one ever again before or after that. Uh, but this this album produced five number one hits. It was the first album in history to have five country number one hits. And the song is is great, and it has a real Willie Nelson feel to it. Even some hmm. of the lines sound very Willie Nelson esque. I mean, Nelson didn't write it, but it very much sounds like something he could have sung. And I, I mean, I would say I'm not a big country music fan. I, I like uh, like some alternative country. I can listen to Lyle Lovett. I like the Cowboy Junkies, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like, you know, classic countries, you know, like old. I mean, when I say classic, I mean like the 1950s, like, you know, uh, Carl Perkins or something. But, you know, right. like, like pop country doesn't is one style of music that I always struggle a little bit with. But but I can listen to after all this time. And I'd say I like this song. This is a, a good song. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, it is amazing how, as a country artist, you know, I'm, you know, the this this separation that was there for so long, where oh, well, well, I'm country, and then you know, you've got you know Taylor Swift who said, well, I'm out of country, I'm going over to pop. We've seen that happen, you know, time and time again. But what I what always amazes me, and I think we were talking about this, uh, you know many times as well in the past is the fact that you have these crossovers, you know, these, these country Mm -hmm. crossovers. And if you listen to country music now, it sounds Mm -hmm. very much like, Mm -hmm. I I don't want to call it seventies rock, but the, the backbeat, you know, everything in it. I mean, to me, the only difference when I'm listening to it is the voice. Like if, if you take the twang of the voice, yep. It's, but it, it is amazing how, That is the top selling, you know, genre on CDs and, you know, those are still being sold, but it sounds so much like what we've heard before. (laughs) Yep. No, well, and it is, it really is. I mean, and look at meant to be by, uh, Florida, Georgia line and baby Rex it, Rex. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was number one for basically the entire year, 50 weeks last week, last year on the country chart. And it hit number two forever on the pop chart, right? Mm-hmm. And it does. It's exactly what you said. It's it's basically a pop song, but of course, Florida Georgia Line has a country sounding voice, mm-hmm. right? And otherwise, it's a pop song. I mean, it's really a pop it song. Really but, you know, I mean, it's it, it's it's interesting to me because it all. I mean, anybody who studies music in the littlest bit knows this all has the same roots. You know, we go mm-hmm. back to the 1950s, and rock has its roots in country, and there's always crossover, and we always get those sort of state waves, right? Where um, country artists will suddenly be popular on the pop charts for a little bit, right? And then suddenly they're not. Um, <laughs> and, and and of course, you know, right now, Old Town Road is like one of the biggest hits in the country, right? You know, so here's this hip hop country. 
uh, combination, and it's because inevitably there's going to be connections there. And and a lot of times, to me, taste is a matter of identity as much as it is anything. You know that I always say I've learned to appreciate country music because I I, I needed to. I, I that my disinterest in country music was in part just my identity growing up in rural Ohio and I just didn't want to be country, you know, and right. but there's a lot of really good songwriting that goes on there. And of course, you know, this all goes back to the blues too. And, um, I was really fun, uh, today's, uh, you know, today, May 30th, the, the, the flash, the daily eighties flashback was Robert Cray band. And oh, yeah. uh, Robert Cray is just phenomenal. I mean, he only had the one smoking uh, gun. Hit, Don't be afraid of the dark back in 87. And this is, you know, uh, another um, another song off of that album. And but he, I just listened to his voice and his his guitar. And I'm like, this guy is so phenomenal. And by the way, he's going to be in the Cleveland area in about three weeks. Uh, he's playing oh, really? with Mark Cohn and a couple other artists. Uh, he's going to be in um, in uh, Cleveland Heights here in a couple of weeks. And I'm just like. Man, I'm just itching to see him. I could go see that. I know. What? I mean, Mark Cohn and Robert Cray. <laughs> this is like a you know uh, a blues blues pop dream come true. Yeah, he's he's just walking in Delphus, man. Just uh, hanging <laughs> I mean, out. I mean, seriously. It, yeah. Well, um, but you do bring up a point, and this is a I I know what the answer to this question is, but it does make me think a lot that. There's so much crossover now in music. I mean, you know, there's, it seems more than typical, but I know a lot of artists are still, you know, being discovered on YouTube and, and The Voice and, you know, all these other, you know, tradition, you know, traditional, non traditional means. But I am seeing a lot of blending. And I know one of my favorite things to do on Tudes Mate are mashups. So, you know, I'm, I've been featuring those since, you know, the, the site started yep. and they've yep. come a long way and i really think it's because we're starting to find well i think the technology has, has improved to mash songs together but right. you know there's there's a couple you know mashup artists that i feature a lot i think the last one i had on there was like dj cumberbun but you know he's taking you know songs that we all know and putting them together and you know ma make sure the tempo is correct and, and things are together but what's happening is, for example, one I featured a while ago was he did a um, a slow version of Rock and Roll All Night. So it's it's the Kiss <laughs> Rock and Roll All Night vocal, but then it's mm -hmm. Easy by the Commodores. Oh, isn't that? And they actually mash together really well. But what yeah. it makes me start thinking of is like how similar, no matter what mm -hmm. genre in, how mm -hmm. they can just mash up together and, and create something new. And I actually started listening to them because... Me being a DJ, I have to hear different versions of songs. Just hearing the same one over and over again uh, is a little fatigue for me. But I understand, you know, why those songs exist because they're classics. But I just prefer a little twist on it. But I keep wondering: will will genres will they just start? Will they still be there? But are they are they really different genres, or are they is it just all kind of melting together? I think it's always always melted together. I think it's a matter of just what at 
at the time just happens to catch right and catch the right ears at you know and catch mm. people's ears and our, our media environment's different now you know 30 years ago you had more gatekeeping right if radio wasn't playing it or MTV wasn't playing it and before MTV just radio wasn't playing it it didn't get much and now yeah. you know because you can throw anything up on YouTube you know there's that that opportunity for for new stuff to happen. And of course that's what I mean, the mashups I think are a great example. I love some of the mashups you, you post. I think that, you know, it, it shows just how much all of this blends together. I, that, that video, I'm sure you've seen it. I, I, you know, I think just about anybody's seen it. Uh, axiom of uh, axis of awesomeness, the four chords thing. And yes. you know, they show how like 90% yeah. of all songs just follow the same four chord pattern. And, and I think uh, one of the things, one of the early mashups you did years ago when we first started was uh, Like a Virgin and Baba O'Reilly from The Who. Oh, yeah. And I had a student at the time. He took a number of classes from me, and he was a, he was a DJ at the uh, uh, WBG – or he was on WFAL back at Bowling Green State University, one of the two college radio stations, the one we used to work at 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And um, he used to enter, start his show with Baba O'Reilly every week. And when I played that before class, he was like, it is so crazy how those two songs go together. Like, that is mind-blowing that those two songs go together so well. But, you know, I think that this sort of uh, coming together, no pun intended because I'm about to go to the Beatles, but um, this coming together has always happened because exactly 50 years ago, uh, the Beatles hooked up with Billy Preston, right, this R&B artist. Mm Mm-hmm. Get Back was the number one song in the country, you know, and here's, so here's this. He was the fifth Beatle, right? What's that? Was he the fifth Beatle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was about the eighth by this point, I think. Yeah. Some, so actually, I think, yeah, there's that quote. I can't remember if Paul or John, one of them said at one point, they, they, they said Billy's the, the fifth Beatle. In other words, they, you know, they did a bunch of work with him in the late 60s, just before they, they broke up a year or two later. And um, they just they felt like he really kind of resonated with them, and so "Get yeah. Back" was one of the songs. It was the most successful song that they did together, and it you know fifty years ago. So fifty years ago, right now, that was the number one song in the country, and and so you know it, it, it's amazing to me how this stuff always comes together. And of course, the, the guess what that you posted the other day, you know, and you've told me this story before. The the whole um, you know McCartney denied Weird Al the parody. Right, because vegetarian, right? You know, I, well, I don't want a song about chicken pot pie, right? You know, exactly. But, but I mean, Weird Al's a good example, right? Of how I mean, think about the idea that Weird Al takes pop music and turns them into mm-hmm. polkas. If that doesn't show you how much everything can blend together, I don't know what can. Well, and I think if we're on the topic of Weird Al, what I always find fascinating, and he finds fascinating, is the fact that. You know, there's generally a large gap in between when when he makes it releases an album. It could be three to four years, and everyone forgets. Oh, he was out, and then they go, "Oh, where did he go?" And right. oh, I didn't know he was still around. But his last album that he released was his the only album that ever went number one for him. And right. yeah, I think it was called Mandatory Fun. But within that album, he, he had you know uh, a song called Foil. Which I think was Royals was a you know spoof right. on that, right. and it's just interesting how when he picks songs to you know parody and, and release, how everyone forgets. Oh, oh wow! I, I wonder what happened to him. And 
he recently did conclude his contract with his record company. So now he's not obligated to release any more music. And a lot of fans are wondering if he's going to do it, but it is fascinating. Like you're saying how, you know, someone like weird Al can take a song, (laughs) make it a polka. And I actually have a friend of mine that says the only way he keeps up on current music is listening to Weird Al's polka medley. He's like, I, I, have, I have no idea what's out on the charts. I, I'm waiting for Weird Al to tell me. So he only learns like once every five years. That's right. Yeah. Years. He's like, I'm hip now. All right. Now I know what those songs are. But it, it, it is true. It's really challenging, you know, as there, I think another thing that in that same vein is there was a study i think spotify had released that says they can determine what age you are based upon the music you're listening to because generally most people will hit a point where they're not going to be listening to any new music so there's some point i think it's around 35 something around there where you generally say i'm good i think i'm going to continue listening to what i either i grew up on and they can just see this like flat line of music and I think really that's another goal of Tunes Made itself is to expose you to songs that you haven't thought about in the past. You know, oh, it was that was five years ago. Or, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that was 10 years ago. Or, wow, 50 years ago. I, I didn't even know. Wow, I didn't know Billy Preston. You know, who's Billy Preston? And, uh, and even trying to feature some new artists. You know, we've gone on a limb a couple times. Like, for example, tonight, uh, I have a friend of mine that went to go see. Her name is uh, Tosh Sultana. I don't know if you ever heard of her. But she is a um, you know YouTube kind of sensation that's now touring. She's selling out places. She's an instrumentalist and incredible voice. But these are the type of things where you know I you can link her. Probably she has like a Prince sounding guitar and her voice. But it's you know that's kind of another goal of writing about this is you learn about new things. Yep, uh, it's writing for tunes made over the last decade has taught me a lot about. Not only the music I like, but the music that I am now learning about, even things from the past that I didn't know about. And one of the yeah, one of my reasons for doing the it happened five years ago, uh, starting that up a couple years ago was because this allowed me to to think about more contemporary stuff. And, and it, you know, the idea that, you know, I'm writing a lot for people who are now in their 40s, even 50s. And yeah, and now this is something for a younger crowd. Right. And so the idea that that music has this, this ability. And I mean, to me, that's what the, the site's all about. And, um, Man, I, I can't believe, funny. I can't believe Paramore was five years ago. Yeah, it was five years. I know sometimes you, you look at those things and you're like, Holy cow, that was five years ago. <laughs> Ain't it fun. You know? And, and, uh, and sometimes, so it's interesting, like you said about the, the years and, uh, uh, I, a lot of times when I, when I teach, I, play songs beforehand and a lot of my stuff is from the 80s and I started doing in one of my classes where we do this this quiz about one another we try to guess favorite songs and so everybody gives me their favorite song so so I and I tell them good now I've got music to play before class so I'm not boring you with all my 80s crap all the time right because that's all that we get and I'd have a you know a lot of students who would be like yeah I don't know any of these songs oh yeah I know that one you know and 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 so this was you know that's that's again the thing about um about tunes mate and i'll tell you if i if i left with sort of one thing here to kind of leave with then uh i'll give you a little preview because i think it connects to so much of what we've been doing Mm -hmm. uh tomorrow's uh friday may 31st the um the it happened five or it's already been five years 
is going to mark um, uh, the, the the coming together of generations with Michael Jackson and Justin Timberlake. Yeah. So something something to look forward to. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is you were just talking about Michael Jackson, Justin Timberlake. I mean, Justin Timberlake, he's another guy. He disappears for a little while and he comes back and you wonder where is he? And then it's it's a mega hit. So it is interesting how there are some artists that still you anticipate their next release. And there aren't a lot of those really left anymore. There's a lot of artists that seem to disappear quickly. And I don't know if that's just, you know, that's cyclical. I know. But I really wonder the fact that now we there isn't the you know long play album you know you're not dropping an album i know vinyl has come back but for the most part you know you're not listening for something from all the way to from a to z it's more single oriented and then a lot of things are coming from youtube you know a lot of things are being streamed so it, i don't know how all that factors in but the big thing that i've been following and i i listened to uh another podcast the eddie trunk podcast and he travels a lot around the festivals and festivals have been one of the top ways that artists are getting exposed now because they're mm -hmm. able to, you know, tour, which is the only thing that's keeping them alive, but mm -hmm. they're able to, to intermix with a bunch of other artists and that's keeping them going. So I also wonder is, is touring in the way that people are getting exposed to new music? Is that how things are continuing to flow too? Uh I think it it the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? You know, we, can, <laughs> we can recognize that there are things that are the same about pop music, and and in a lot of ways, that the the move towards singles goes back to sixty years ago in the late fifties. That's how it was, and it was sixties yeah. that that the move toward you know the album concept really kind of developed, mm -hmm. and and now we're moving away from that, and that's why you know they you know sort of uh, pop historians will sometimes bristle about the idea that. Uh, Nicki Minaj has more hits than the Beatles or something like that, you know, because now we do much more, we see much more of the featuring so-and-so, right? You know, and, and right. That, that wasn't the, the way it was done back in the day. And if somebody showed up on something, they didn't necessarily get credit or, mm -hmm. you know, is each artist doing their own thing. And uh, now that's like, you know, you look at the, the Hot 100 chart and you'll see, you know, a, a bunch of songs that are so-and-so featuring so-and-so, so-and-so featuring so-and-so. And, right. and so these folks get tons of hits and, you know, so the measuring stick has to be different that, you know, it, it's, it's different, but at the same time, it's the same. And I think the Justin Timberlake, Michael Jackson thing shows that that's his legacy. And Timberlake so, is, is keeping the, the Prince Michael Jackson legacy going mm -hmm. in the same way Bruno Mars is. Right. And, and we see the same and the cyclical thing. So you mentioned the bo the boy bands earlier. Mm -hmm. I saw a great piece of video a week or so ago. So there's this um, mixtape tour that's going on, going back to touring and festivals, right? Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. got Debbie Gibson and Tiffany and New Kids <laughs> on the Block and Naughty by Nature, and I'm probably forgetting somebody, but that's who I know is sure. on there. Yeah, and so um, I saw this this video of Debbie Gibson doing Lost in Your Eyes, her biggest hit, right? Three weeks at number one back in 1989, so uh -huh. 30 years ago, right? Wow. 
biggest hit. And um, um, Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block comes out and does it as a duet with her. Hmm. And it was outstanding. It was amazing. The it showed that you know McIntyre's got talent, right? You know, mm-hmm. the, you mm-hmm. know the, these boy bands. You know, some of them they're not so great. Some of these guys actually do know what they're doing, and he could really sing. And it was just really, really, really well done. And I was like, man, now I think I want to go see that tour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it's all about. I mean, that's ultimately what it's all about, right? It's about right. music. It's about. I mean, for them, for 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 the, well, the record industry, it's about selling music. For the fans, it's about experiencing music in new ways and different ways. Yeah. That, like you said, about changing it up a little bit, right? And, and I'm I'm always a fan of that. A million times. Yeah. Now I got to hear it in a new way that was profound. And I remember there was, I think it was on CMT, it was called Crossroads, I think, where yeah. they would like match up people. And I remember one time, this was way back when like Taylor Swift was still country, but it was like Def Leppard and Taylor Swift. And I think she refused to sing uh, Pour Some Sugar on Me. She's like, no, I think that's a little too much. That's out of my comfort zone. But I believe they did do Photograph, uh, to okay. my knowledge. Yeah. But it, it was it was very interesting at the time to, you know, kind of see, you know, Def Leppard put themselves out there yeah. and, you know, sing with a country artist. And, you right. know, at the same time, Def Leppard's probably like, well, you know, we want to stay relevant. So yep. we yep. want to expose ourselves to the country. And then that goes me down a whole other, you know, daisy chain or a, a flow <laughs> right. of those artists that say, well, I guess I can't make it in any other genre. So I might as well be country. You know, like, for example, Cheryl Crow recently released an all country album and it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, she didn't do it. You've well, got Darius Rucker. Darius Rucker. Yep. Yep. Well, and photograph was just the daily eighties flashback a week ago, you know, and that song makes sense as a Taylor Swift song to me. I don't want your photograph, you know, I mean, right. the song, the, the, the lyrics sound like something she could have written, mm-hmm. you know, and which is funny because it goes back to show, it goes back to showing that, Def Leppard has an entirely different identity, right, than Taylor Swift. Right. The demographics are different, right. the, you know. But in the end, they're kind of doing the same thing. But what about Robert Mutt Lang? I mean, Robert Mutt Lang was responsible for Shania Twain. Yep. You know, they they were married. And yep. if you listen to her big album, yep. most of the songs released should have yeah, been Def Leppard songs. Yep. Uh, yep. I mean, they had the same backing vocal. Yep. Uh, and you can tell the style of it. So it yeah. is interesting how, even though we yeah. say like Taylor Swift and yeah. you know, basically a country artist was out there singing Def Leppard esque songs, and everyone wondered, I wonder why Shania Twain became so big. Well, <laughs> the guy, the guy behind Hysteria, probably one of the most uh, worldwide selling rock albums of all yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, helped launch you know, a country artist. Yep. It all comes together. And that's what tunes mates all about. Exactly. So let me ask you a question. I've, I've got a, a we've got a poll up. Uh, we do this thing uh, called title title. Uh, I think you started a while ago and yeah. it just keeps going, but I've got one up right now. It's until the end of time. So foreigner had a song and Justin Timberlake had a song right now. We're, we're tied with uh, with with votes on both sides. Did you vote? Do you have a preference? Are you familiar with those songs? Right now, no, I hadn't voted, so okay. I'm gonna vote right now. Yeah. So 
you know, you've got two songs. There's a foreigner song that I think it was like uh, maybe '95, somewhere around yeah, there. Mid '90s. It was yeah. a it was a ballad, and then Justin Timberlake, uh, maybe about seven years ago now or so, had another that was kind of a ballad, a little more upbeat ballad, and uh, they're both unique. But that's another thing that we like to do here is there, you know, titles cannot be copyrighted. That's one thing that I think a lot of people it, it could be common knowledge. So there are a lot of artists that come up with a song and say, okay, I, I'm going to do my, you know, until the end of time, but it's a completely different song. So we, we battle them against each other. Uh, we've done dreams is a popular yeah. one. I think we had Fleetwood Mac up against the cranberries and yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. a lot of them go neck and neck though. Cause we try to yeah. pair it up with different generations. Yeah. Some are runaways though, but not, not runaway Bon Jovi versus Dell. Uh, was it Dell Shannon? Janet Jackson. Yeah. Or, or yeah, see, we just came up with one. Yeah. But these are the type of things that we are going to continue, you know, flushing out here, you know, getting music out there. We wanted to, you know, start this podcast so we can bring together our thoughts, talk about the posts that we put up uh, since the last podcast dive into some things there's always going to be you know some uh, you know some artist that has passed away that we we cherish that we're going to talk about you know that's how this all started with michael jackson and there's always going to be you know your five year uh flashback your you know your title title we're going to have mashups there's just so many things that are happening they, they all crisscross together however there's some really good points in there that we want to share with you and hopefully that will inspire you to check out some new music, check out the site. And I, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Maybe I should check that out. And that's how most music nowadays is occurring is that others are being inspired to write their own music and they're getting discovered and the whole cycle starts again. It's that's a cycle. That's right. So final thoughts on today. I'm not going to plug anything specifically. I'll say watch the site. I've got a whole week's worth of stuff ready and coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I got a couple interesting uh, birthdays of the week coming up. And, uh, you know, it's really fascinating to me to see the stuff that's been 25 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, you know, that. so that that's coming up. And, of course, I, I was previewing the Michael Jackson, Justin Timberlake. That's coming out. Um, the other thing I'll mention, you know, I'm I'm forever indebted to uh, Joel Whitburn, Record Research up in Wisconsin. Uh, we used to call the book the Bible, right? Yes. Um, I've got, I've got the, the, two th- the through 2012 edition. I didn't get the, through t- the, the edition to, through 2015, but I just got a flyer in the mail this week that at the end of June, he's coming out with, I think it's his 16th edition, and it's going to go through 2018, and it's the top, top singles. It gives you everything that ever hit the Hot 100 charts from 1955. This will be through 2018, and I'm looking to maybe update, uh, and that's going to be coming out. So I'll, I'll throw a pitch out there for Whitburn because nice. uh, I, I owe him a, a debt of gratitude. That's great, yeah. And a couple things. So as we continue with our podcast we plan on bringing you some interviews. So we'd like to interview some music artists. We do have some that we've been investigating. So if there's any music artists you'd like us to you know, dive in more, maybe interview, ask some questions. Our goal is to bring them into this podcast, ask them some questions 
understand where their source of you know inspiration has come from and dive more into that. So as we continue to bring you the podcast and explore, we will be actually going out and interviewing folks. This is our uh, shot to share with you why all this has come together and how this all meshes. And we may even be bringing in some other authors as we go and just really trying to understand how all this music weaves together and inspire you to continue to to build some cool playlists (laughs) and uh, check out some artists. If you would like to support them, head out, see them on tour or even, you know, go ahead and, or stream, download, however you find music these days, whether you are buying vinyl or a CD, we want you to check that out. So with that, want to thank you for listening to tunes, mate.